0: From Grangeville to Lapway, we've got your District 2 breakdown right here on the Palouse PrepCast with Garrison Hardy. That's right. It is another edition of the Palouse PrepCast on IdahoSports.com, brought to you by the Idaho Division of Public Health, uh, where we're breaking out everything going on in District 2 in the state of Idaho. Week in, week out, Brandon Bainey joined once again by Garrison Hardy. Garrison, what's going on? How you doing?
1: I'm doing fantastic, Brandon. It's an exciting time of year, especially as we head towards the playoffs. Teams are uh, teams are really pushing for this last stretch here, and uh, we still got some great games ahead of us. Had a lot of great action this past weekend, but we'll get into that shortly.
0: Yes, we will. Lots of good, exciting football stuff to talk about. But first, we've got to dive into soccer, the the uh, the real football. Right, Garrison?
1: Exactly. Football, you know, as they call it across the pond and whatnot. <laughs>
0: and that's right. Uh, the uh, Boys and Girls State Soccer Tournaments get underway this week, starting Thursday in the Treasure Valley down in the Boise area. Two teams from District 2 qualified the Lewiston boys. Now I was reading an article that said that Lewiston uh, had qualified for boys state soccer for the first time in program history. So I was trying to reconfirm that and I couldn't find it today, but either way, Lewiston is not known as a team that's a player on the soccer stage. Now the downside is, is they, they, they won a state play and match against Eagle on Saturday in Lewiston to, to earn their spot. The bad news is, is they're the number eight seed, and they're having to play Lake City, a team that's in their same conference right away in the first round, Garrison.
1: Yeah, you know, I'm sure Lewiston, looking at it from that standpoint, they're just happy to be there. They are just happy that the program is on the up and up. Like you said, a program not normally known for soccer, football, whichever you want to call it. Uh, They uh, are a program that's on the rise, and uh, you and I have talked earlier before about uh, Lewiston's improved facilities and the new school. I think that's going to start paying dividends across all sports for Lewiston, especially as uh, Lewiston, the city of Lewiston becomes more of a viable option now for parents relocating to Idaho coming in out of state. Uh, so I, I think this is certainly a, we're seeing the effects of it right now. I think How, however many transfers the soccer team has, I don't know, but uh, just the, just there's a lot of promise there. And so from the soccer side of things, yes, it's unfortunate that they run into Lake City. Uh, and it's a it sounds like it's a team they've played three times already and uh, haven't come up with a win yet. But you know what? If there's a time to knock a team, it, it's hard to beat a team every single, it's hard to sweep a team, it no matter what it is. You know, what we look at uh my dad and I, we would always talk about the PAC 12 basketball tournaments and whatnot. Uh, if WSU back when they were good uh, and they are heading that direction again, but if they would sweep a team in the regular season, that's when we would get nervous about the tournament. If they ran into them again, just because it's hard to just sweep a team. So for Lewiston, they, they've got that going for them heading into this one. Lake City, maybe they have to battle the, uh, this I guess, thinking it's going to be an easy game. Uh, they, they can't come into this complacent as though they're just going to roll over Lewiston and move on. Uh, so it could be a trap game. Who knows? Um, but uh, Lewiston, I'm sure they're just excited to be in the playoffs.
0: Yeah, so for Lewiston, it was uh, – and you mentioned Wazoo, by the way. I wasn't going to touch that <laughs> this week with all the – News around the football program. so
1: <laughs> yeah, i uh, I have a lot of opinions about that, Brandon. And uh, <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll just let the uh, ec- the experts talk about that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I know it's been a tough week for uh, all the Cougar fans up there. Um, it's, it's been a trying week. Uh, so, yeah, for Lewiston, they they came into districts as the number three seed. They knocked out number two, Coeur d'Alene. Everybody thought it was oh, going to be the two Coeur schools playing for the district title. Well, they knocked out Coeur d'Alene in the semifinals uh, uh, to nothing. And then they they lost to Lake City for the third time this year in the district title game, came back through the back door, beat Eagle in that play match three to one so Lewiston comes in with uh an eight and eight record that's why they're seated eighth according to the Max preps rankings eight, Lake eight City and eight. that's right <laughs> eight eight and eight gets you number eight <laughs> so right <laughs> yeah um so now Lake City is undefeated they're 17 and oh and I will say that the further along you get into a season without a loss, each game becomes more and more pressure-filled to, to keep up that unbeaten streak, right?
1: 100%. Teams are going to be looking at you as the team they want. They want to be the spoiler. So that's what exactly what Lewiston wants to do right now uh, is they want to spoil Lake City's tremendous run. And like you said, you're if, from Lake City's perspective, they're going to get every team's best shot. So they have to come on their game sharp, ready to go. They can't let up. Uh, no complacency, because that's when an upset's going to happen. Uh, so I think this is a in, this is a huge trap game for Lake City, especially considering they've also beat Lewiston three times this season already. Uh, and I'm sure the coaches from Lake City are preaching that they say we have to go out there right now, take care of business from the kick opening kickoff and uh, we got to dominate this game. That That's what they're going to be preaching. So uh, I'm sure uh, the Lake city players will hear the message. It's just a matter of going out on the field and executing. And um, you know, these games aren't played on paper for a reason. So uh, it's going to be curious to see how it all unfolds.
0: Yeah, you're absolutely right. Lewiston in that play-in match against the Eagle, it was, it was a family affair garrison. Uh, only, mm-hmm. only members of the Kessler family scored. Uh Teddy Kessler <laughs> scored twice. Paul Kessler added the third goal. So, Lewiston keeping it in the family in that play-in match. Uh, let's let's switch gears to the other team that is representing District Two at state, and this is on the four A girls side. And, we, and this illustrates perfectly what we're talking about. Sandpoint had gone through the entire regular season undefeated. They they won the combined. Inland Empire League, right? The 5A and 4A schools had a combined soccer league this year, and Sandpoint was better than all of the 5A schools even. They took first place in the combined league. Hadn't lost a match. They're playing Moscow in the district championship game, and all it takes is one slip-up, and their season is over. Moscow shocks the Bulldogs one to nothing. The game-winning goal came in the 51st minute. Megan Poehler scored on a penalty kick for Moscow. And and Sandpoint outshot the Bears in the match, seventeen to three. But Moscow made the one count that found the back of the net. So now Sandpoint, after this great regular season, they're they're sitting at home, and it's Moscow who uh, is playing with house money at this point.
1: And what a confidence booster for Moscow! You know, even though they got, like you said, outshot seventeen to three, that give credit to their defense and their goalie for being able to withstand that barrage and come out on top. You know, people can say, Oh, they parked the bus. So what they're moving on. Uh, if that's the kind of game that the, they got to play to, if that's their strategy, then good on them. They executed it to a T um, incred- bitterly disappointing, disappointing for the undefeated streak that a uh, standpoint had going on. But again, That's why that's why we we play these games out. Uh, So um, huge congratulations to Moscow. Excellent defensive performance. Shout out to the to the goalie for the shutout. Uh, 17 shots coming at you. I mean, that's a lot of pressure. So Moscow is going to take this momentum going forward and uh, we'll see what kind of noise they can make uh, in this tournament and going on.
0: Yeah, if we take a look at the uh, 4A girls soccer bracket, and again, if you're watching the video of this uh, this weekly podcast on the IdahoSports.com YouTube channel or Facebook page, you're, you're going to see these brackets that we're posting up on the screen. Of course, you can listen to the audio only as well at IdahoSports.com or wherever you download your podcasts. So yeah, if we look at this 4A girls soccer bracket, Moscow, the number seven seed taking on Skyline, the number two seed. That's going to be a tough match out of the gates. Skyline's a pretty good team from over in the east. But like we said, Moscow at this point, I don't think was expected to be here. So they're, they're, they're the team that doesn't have any pressure, right? They can play a little looser.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, in whatever tournament we're talking about, whether it be in the high school level, college level, and, you know, teams can come in if they're the team that's expected to lose or, you know, given no shot. Well, that, the coaches are going to play into that and just say, hey, let's go out and have fun. But who cares? We're just going to go guns a blazing and see what happens. And uh, Often, often the time uh, that that, resu- that gives good results on the pitch, on the basketball court, you name it. So uh, on the pitch here, uh, I, I think uh, the coach is definitely going to lean into that and let his team know. You know, and soccer is a little bit different. I'll say that about momentum-wise. You know, football and basketball is one thing, but with soccer. Uh, or football, the game just has a much different flow. So if you're able to get the opposing team out of their flow and take control of possession, uh, your passing percentage is incredibly high. Uh, As long as you're doing those two things, and then obviously playing good, solid defense, if you're a a weaker team, uh, you're doing your job. And, uh, you know, as long as they keep everything in front of them, uh, I... Who's to say, you know, like you said, guns a blazing. We'll see what happens.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm interested to pick your brain on this because you you are much more of a soccer expert than I am in terms of the game and what what is a good game plan and what's a good game play. Uh, I've been broadcasting a lot of Idaho State University women's soccer matches at the, the the Big Sky Conference level this fall, and they're a team that's really struggling. And to me, it seems like the time of possession is so critical to whether you win or lose. If you if you are able to to possess the ball and keep it on your opponent's end of the field, uh, generally speaking, that that's a winning formula am i right with that or
1: i would say so if that's your team's mojo and you're you're an excellent passing team and you've got good uh, ball handling uh, 100% however the thing that you have to look out for is the complacency side of things if the opposing team is able to use that to their advantage soak up all that pressure and then boom they're on a counterattack and because your whole team is essentially in the other team's half then you're, you've got to be on your guard the entire time. So, for instance, in that seven uh, Moscow versus Sandpoint game, I assume Sandpoint was in Moscow's half the entire game, essentially. And all it took was one breakaway, one m- miss up by the center backs and whatnot. And uh, Moscow's off and running and they get and they take advantage of it. Um, I myself am a Tottenham Hotspur fan. So, against Man City, uh, Pep and his team are well known for controlling the ball almost all game. They they have the skill to do that, but that one opportunity uh, where Tottenham just used their speed, got out into the open, counterattacked, and took advantage of it, and they win one nil. And you know possession was all in favor of Man City. Man City had triple the amount of shots Tottenham had, but all it took was that one goal, and that's all that matters. So uh, to the weaker teams, if you want to call them that. Uh, if they come in with a solid defensive strategy and soak up all the pressure and then are able to get out on the attack when they see the opportunity, you never know. Soccer is an interesting game of chess like that.
0: Yeah. And it can, it can, it can swing on a moment's notice, like you said. And that's why uh, soccer, especially at state tournament time is always so exciting and so thrilling Mm -hmm. this time of year. So we'll, we'll see, we'll see how the Moscow girls and the Lewiston boys do uh, the way they're seated. It's going to be a tough road, but you never know this time of year. That's for sure. Let's let's move on to football now, and we'll, uh, let's stick with Lewiston as they pick up a tight 35-28 win over Lake City. The Bengals are now 7-1 garrison. They can, uh, if they defeat Coeur d'Alene this Friday night, they will win the Inland Empire League. Uh, even if they fall, uh, they could be in a in a three-way tie for first or, or maybe just a tie with Coeur I, Either way, I think Lewiston is pretty much set as a playoff team at this point.
1: It certainly looks that way, and gosh, what a turnaround from last year! Last year, uh, injury-riddled season, uh, a lot of bumps along the road, uh, and they go three and six, miss the playoffs. Um, that that was that was a tough pill to swallow, I'm sure. So seeing the turnaround this year where the offense, it just looks completely different. Jace McCarter has really grabbed this offense by the horns. And it, of course it helps to have a guy like Cruz Hepburn lining up next to you in the backfield, the offensive and defensive line. Uh, it, it's just been a well-oiled machine under coach pan carry for Lewiston this year. And the, they've, they've been largely unaffected by injuries uh, is the big thing. Um, so offensively a lot of weapons, Defensively, that defensive front really takes care of their own, and um, I, I like Lewis. I, I really like this Lewiston team. Um, now, Lane has been the team that has been always kind of derailed things for Lewiston. But given that Lewiston beat Post Falls, and Post Falls just beat Lane, maybe there's a chink in that armor. So uh, this is going to be a really interesting. Uh, it's a game I'm going to be tuning in to keep an eye on and see how uh, one unfolds.
0: Yeah, it's a double-edged sword for sure because now you've got Coeur that's maybe a little angry, a little motivated after losing to Post Falls and, and Lewiston's going to get Coeur best shot. So we'll, mm-hmm. we'll see how that game unfolds. It's going to be fantastic. But either way, even if Lewiston uh, ends up on the wrong end of that three-way tie for first place between Post Falls, Coeur and Lewiston, um, they, they are still so far ahead of the rest of the field that they're going to get that at-large playoff spot. So I think Lewiston fans can start making their playoff plans uh for a moscow their season uh their regular season at least is over they finished up last week losing to sandpoint 42 to 6 the bears are three and five now they kind of have to sit back and watch everybody else play this last week i just i don't think there's enough there for Moscow to grab an at-large playoff spot. I mean, we'll have to wait and see. But for Moscow, I think more than likely their season is over. And uh, coming off of last season where they were pretty successful, uh, this was a little bit of a disappointment, I thought.
1: 100%. And, uh, you know, I, the we talked a lot about the, the offense of the Bears this season. Just really could never keep up with the defense. I thought Moscow's defense uh, was always incredibly stout. And there were numerous games where it was clear that the defense really carried Moscow over the finish line. Uh, And uh, in a lot of cases, you know, when I was covering Moscow against Lewiston, uh, Moscow's defense showed up at first, but that's the thing with teams. Again, in in high school, a good offense is usually going to win out over a good defense. And for much of Moscow this season, that was largely the case. I mean, Sandpoint, that's a team that went toe to toe with Lewiston and gave them their only loss. So you're going to need to be able to put up points against Sandpoint and uh, Moscow. Just did, did never had that spark. Um, and you know, losing an athlete like they did with um, one uh, th- who went off to Utah to play wide receiver. When you yeah, lose a Darren weapon Ellis. like that, yep, uh, and and then lose uh, the experienced quarterback. Um, we we all kind of knew that maybe they would take a step back on offense, but I always assumed that they would find a way with guys like Isaiah Murphy in the backfield uh, that you could lean on. And he, to his credit, had a fantastic. He played well in all the games I saw him in. So uh, you're right. Definitely a bit of a step back for Moscow. But uh, all in all, they still have the pieces, good coaches. Uh, they'll, I think the Bears will be back at some point. And, hey, they got Pullman. So
0: <laughs> that's right. Uh, the, the silver lining for sure as Moscow uh, defeats their rivals. Uh, the 2A Central Idaho League Garrison, where we're finally having conference games, right? This is a three team league with Grangeville, Orofino, and St. Mary's. St. Mary's was shut down for almost a month because of COVID 19 problems at the school. And so, because of that, the schedule is now backloaded with games. So, we finally had the first conference game last week. Grangeville defeated Orofino pretty handily, 41-12. to Now, this week, Orofino will play St. Mary's. And how about the finale is actually going to be simultaneously happening with the first round of the playoffs, Garrison. It'll be October 29th when Grangeville plays St. Mary's. Uh, The winner of the district gets a first-round bye, so that's why they're able to play that game while the first round of the playoffs is happening. But this is wild stuff. The same thing happened last year, basically.
1: Yeah. And it's just going to be up to the coaches and players to adapt. And, uh, you know, for when I was a player back in the day, schedule changes and stuff like that. Really didn't bother the the kids too much, you know. They they're just happy to play football. That's at the end of the day, that's what matters. So they're going to adjust. They're going to be fine, uh, even though it is a little bit hectic. That's to be sure. Uh, and you know, for we talked about Grangeville earlier in the season. they we look at their schedule. They easily have one of the toughest schedules in District Two, if not a lot of Idaho. <laughs> so uh, they took a lot of bumps along the road. But this is a program with a lot of proud tradition. I kind of liken them to a Fresno State or a BYU. Uh, it doesn't matter who who they're playing on the other side. They could be playing a, a 5A school, and they're going to come out and get, which wouldn't happen, by the way, but when uh, it, they would come out and give it their best shot, they don't care who you are. They're going to challenge you and uh, come out and play, and they did that a lot of that, especially with the new playoff format where they look at strength of schedule and whatnot. So um, I, I certainly saw the strategy that Grangeville was going for, but now I'm sure they're happy to get into their conference, pick up that big win. And uh, now they're looking forward to St. Mary's and they could very well just finish this out and pick up the conference, uh, the, the championship, and then be good to go to the fl- for the playoffs. And again, this is a program with a lot of tradition and a lot of pride. Uh, a lot of playoff tradition and whatnot as well. And a lot of players have come out of there and gone to schools like Montana, for instance. Uh, so uh, that I think uh, the Bulldogs uh, could be set up for success here.
0: And for Orofino, their playoff life is kind of on life support right now, where they not only need to beat St. Mary's this Friday, but they also then would need St. Mary's to turn around and beat Grangeville the following week to try and force a three-way tie where everybody went one and one. So uh, Orofino still has a chance. It's a very small chance, but they they have to win this game Friday. And, and St. Mary's is kind of a wild card because coming in, they they had a lot of good players, but they have had a really herky-jerky schedule because of the COVID-19 problem. So Orofino still has a chance, but they have to win this Friday. So we'll have to see how they respond there. Uh, let's move to the White Pine League. That's where you've been setting up shot most weeks. You had a double dip uh, this past week. You had an audio broadcast Friday and then a video broadcast Saturday. So let's start with that audio broadcast you did Friday night, Garrison. Prairie just continues to run roughshod over everybody. They beat Genesee 84-50. to 50.
1: Yeah, it was a great basketball game. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, uh, the offense – as the game started, Prairie just came out and it was a complete um, Yeah, you know, I, I fully and coach Padrabsky talked to my co-host Jason Hansen about it. He said, I can't believe how flat we came out. I mean this is uh, this is Prairie coming to town. You think we would have risen up to the occasion a little bit and been ready to go, uh, maybe throw some punches back with them early on, but that just was not the case. I think it was 38 to nothing before Genesee finally started putting some points on the board. They made a change at quarterback and put Cy Wareham into the quarterback spot, and normally they have him out at wide receiver. And it, it, some things started to go right for Genesee then. Uh, but by that point, it, it turned into a trading points and with already a 30-plus point cushion. You're not going to get back from that against Prairie, who also is pretty good on defense. Even though they gave up 50 points, uh, Prairie just – uh, they just have a great game plan over there. Uh, obviously experienced coach. We've had him on the show before and uh, his, his son ran rough shot over uh, Genesee and he came out with the Idaho player of the game. Uh, so yeah, Prairie's dominance continues. And um, speaking of which I was su- kind of surprised to see what they did to Lapway too. Uh, so uh, there were a lot of people saying maybe Lapway, maybe this is their time to take Prairie spot. Uh, but Prairie said no, not the case.
0: Yeah, Prairie, I think just showed once again that uh, they are the premier program. They are the team to beat, and and the gap between them and second place, which is going to end up being Lapway, is uh, very wide still. Right. So. Um, Yeah, at this point, Prairie has officially clinched a playoff spot. Uh, They officially clinched the the White Pine League regular season titles to look at a first-round buy. And the way it works in 1A-D1 is the five conference champions from around the state get automatic bids, and then the remaining six just go to the six next-best teams according to max prep's rating. So with that criteria, Lapway is pretty comfortably in. Genesee is... Probably seventy-five percent in. I mean, they would have to lose and have a bunch of teams win to to not get in. So Genesee is pretty safe there. And then the 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 final spot uh, could come down to like Potlatch or even Clearwater Valley. Uh, believe it or not, Clearwater Valley, despite being two and five, they got a conference win over Troy last week, forty-eight to fourteen. And because of their strength of schedule that we talked about, where they played Prairie and Oakley and Raft River uh they they are in the mix at two and five, and if they can win on Friday night against Kami, they could, they could play themselves into a playoff spot. and the, and the same thing with potlatch, right? Potlatch has really sent a message. they knocked out Kami last week. And if Potlatch can perform well against Lapway on Friday night, they're in as well.
1: It's there's just a lot of stuff up in the air right now. <laughs> I was gonna say, I felt, like,
0: I felt like I was a teacher in school, and uh, it's like the Charlie that's... Brown wah, 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 wah.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, what you said. No, um, I uh, there is just, um, it, it's all gonna come down to the teams settling it here on the field, and so uh, I there's a lot of marbles that need to fall into their or dominoes would probably be the better word uh, that need to fall into their particular spots. And uh, we got to let the kids decide, you know, so they're going to, these teams are going to come out and do battle. For instance, Lapway and Potlatch, this is a big game. Uh, You know, if Lapway uh, currently they're tied at five and two with Genesee uh, and Lapway has the tiebreaker, by the way, because they beat Genesee earlier this season, Prairie, they're safe. Uh, But if Potlatch beats Lapway, Suddenly, yeah, that last spot could be up for grabs and uh, Potlatch moves in. What an impressive season from Potlatch thus far. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing them and Lapway do battle, kind of differing styles of play. Lapway is a lot more speedy and maybe flashy a little bit. They like to get to the outsides a little bit more, let their athletes go to work. Potlatch, a little bit more ground and pound, old-fashioned, traditional. And they're they're spearheaded Uh, By a a great defense that uh, is hard nosed. Uh, So I think it's going to be a great battle. Um, But suffice to say, we're just going to let the kids go out and decide who's getting that last spot
0: yep and so you got to see lapway uh in person last week they they played a saturday game against logos and won to 26 that was a game on idahosports.com and then the lapway uh, at potlatch matchup will be on idahosports.com this friday audio only broadcast garrison so you talked about it this is kind of the big game where if potlatch loses they probably still get into the playoffs but it's not a certainty they can win and definitely secure their spot. And of course, Clearwater Valley is going to be rooting for Lapway to win. So they can potentially leapfrog into the mix. It's wild to me that, that CV is still in the mix, but it's so the way it works with the max preps ratings now.
1: That it is, that it is. And you know, CV was a team you and I really had high aspirations for before the season kicked off and, you The schedule was just incredibly unkind to them. And then that loss to Genesee early on really, really put a damp, I guess, a a dampener on their chances at this point in time. So they still have a chance and could still get in depending on how things play out. But uh, they needed a couple more balls to bounce their way early on. And uh, it just didn't pan out that way. That's just the nature of the sport. And um, so uh, I'm going to be curious to see this lapway potlatch game—it's going to decide a lot of things. Uh, so, um, stay tuned, folks. IdahoSports.com. Audio only. Jason Nye in the booth.
0: Friday night at seven o'clock—that's going to be a fantastic matchup. One AD two is super easy, Garrison. Okay, one AD one was like a like a college mathematics physics class. Uh, <laughs> now we're going. Now we're going back to like pre-algebra, right? We're going to go to the one AD two where it's where it's all set, Kendrick. Won the league, they're they're the number uh, one team, and they'll get a first round bye. And then, uh, in basically what was a playoff game last week, the battle for second place in that second playoff spot, Timberline defeats Lewis County in a uh, another great basketball game, seventy eight to sixty six. So, congratulations to the Spartans from Weipe. Second year in a row, they're going back to the playoffs.
1: And you and I talked about Timberline after their opening loss to Logos. You know, that they are a team that has a very backloaded schedule and that a lot of the games early on. Yeah, of course, you want to win those, but they're they're not going to have as much bearing as the second half of the season does. And here they are taking care of business. They're an experienced team that got athletes, good coaches who understand which games have a little bit more relevancy to their season and their aspirations of the postseason? season. So if they went out and executed here. They are. Uh, as far as Kendrick goes, Kendrick's got a big game this week against Genesee and it's a, uh, they're, even though they're a D two, they're a team that can punch above their weight with the athletes that they got. So it, Genesee's got their work cut out for them. And even though it's a non-conference game, uh, I'm sure they're going to want to go out and play the, you know, to their utmost potential, especially to get the bad taste out of their mouth against uh, Prairie and whatnot as we approach the playoffs. So they're going to want to iron some things out and get ready to go for the postseason. Uh, tune into that one. That, I think, is going to be an interesting matchup in D2, D1 kind of setting.
0: Yeah, uh, Kendrick, the 1A D2 level, it's all predetermined bracketing and it's all... Uh, no max preps ratings into effect. Uh, all the bids are predetermined. There's no at large bids or anything. So it's a lot easier to, to break down how the, the bracket looks. Right now, Kendrick gets a bye into the quarterfinals. They will host the champion of District Three. That is going to be either Horseshoe Bend or Council. Those two teams are playing uh, Friday night to determine the league title. Personally, I think it's probably going to be Horseshoe Bend. It's going to be a fantastic matchup because Horseshoe Bend's a good team
1: hundred percent. Yeah. And again, I would lean with you on that with Horseshoe Bend, um, that especially at this point in the season, a team like that's going to be rearing to go and ready to take care of business. Uh, they know that this is, bu- uh, this is business. This is a business trip now. That's what my coaches would usually say as we approach the conference tournaments, whatever it is coming up at the end of the season. Each game is an opportunity to get better, to clean things up, to get the you know, momentum going into the postseason, and that's what a team like Horseshoe Ben's going to do. So I'm with you there.
0: Meanwhile, for Timberline, as they get the, the number two seed, they will have to travel to the champion of District Four, which just happens to be Carey, uh, the undefeated top-ranked team in the state. So it's going to be a tough. Te- great.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> it, it was funny. I was texting actually Lewis County's head football coach uh, Monty Modrell, um, kind of asking him about the game and. And he, he texted me back kind of jokingly and said, yeah, I guess we didn't want to go play carry in the first round of the playoffs. Uh, so we just, we just got it out of the way early here against Timberline. So he was joking of course, but that, that's going to be a tough draw for Timberline right away. But
1: it is, it is. But like I said, Timberline, they're an experienced team. They've been to the, they went to the postseason last year. They know what it takes and they've got the athletes. They've got the coaching as we talked about earlier. Uh, I, I, you know, it, I certainly wouldn't put it as a foregone conclusion. I'll just say that. But yes, Carrie, incredibly press, impressive team. I don't. I wouldn't want to get them drawn either. But uh, that's just the that's just the way the ball bounces sometimes. So uh, it's going to be Timberline knows what they've got ahead of them. Just go out like we talked with the soccer. Just go out guns a blazing. What do we have to lose?
0: That's right. He, playing with Other house money. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right.
0: right. Yeah. Literally the game but otherwise yeah, right.
1: You
0: know. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um so yeah, before we wrap up I did want to just talk uh volleyball for a quick second. Uh districts have started in the White Pine League 1A D1 level. Uh Troy the number one seed potlatch the number two seed we kind of been talking about these two teams all year they will play for the district championship thursday night and no matter what happens both teams will be headed to state so for troy kind of old hat for potlatch this is pretty exciting that they uh, have qualified in state volleyball
1: yeah and my gosh uh, they kind of Jumped into the equation this year out of nowhere. So Potlatch, you know, they, they've had a solid program, but to, to this height, it's it's quite the turnaround. And, of, of course, Troy, you know, I always say this spearheaded by the attack of Morgan Blazard. She, her ability to get kills, it's just incredibly oppressive, great athlete. And then the rest of the team around her is just solid and able to everybody can handle their own on that team. So I I, I think Troy's got a chance to go a long way in this tournament, and this playoff. Uh, and shout out to Potlatch, you know, for t- having a season that they have had. Uh, the White Pines got some good volleyball teams, so they took care of business. And um, I'm curious to see what Potlatch is able to do when the lights are shining brightest.
0: Yeah, and there there is another uh, half bid available as well, so the teams that are on the consolation side of the bracket still have something to play for. Whoever gets third place will uh, move on to a – State play-in match where they will play the champion of District 1, which uh, at this point looks like it's probably going to be Wallace, but um, either way, Kamei, Logos, Genesee, and Prairie are all still alive and, and fighting for that chance to get to State as well. I think easily we could see three teams representing the White Pine League at State, so it's pretty exciting this time of year for sure. So.
1: Absolutely, a lot of good volleyball teams up here in District Two in the White Pine, um, and it, it, they're they're all on display now. So for I think Genesee's probably got the edge out of that core you just mentioned. There, they've got athletes like Lucy Ranasat, who just I mean she she's a phenomenal player. Um, and Genesee has kind of the pedigree. They've been in that top three before, so I would maybe give them the nudge. Um, but again, uh, we'll see, we'll see how these two, how these teams match up uh, on the court.
0: Yep. There'd be a lot of fun and we'll have a lot to talk about again next week. Garrison will have actual state football brackets to break down state volleyball brackets to break down and uh it's you know state cross country will be uh getting close to starting swimming so we're we're right we're right in the middle of it busiest time of the year
1: and it's the best time of year i mean uh the all these high school sports to cover basketball's starting to inch its way into the picture uh it just it's this is the best time as a high school athletes and uh we just we're just fortunate enough to cover it here on IdahoSports.com. it's a great time of year
0: Absolutely. Well, tune in Friday night as Garrison and uh, Jason have the call of the Lapway Potlatch Battle, 7 o'clock, audio only on idahosports.com. Uh, let's take a quick break and uh, hear from our sponsors, the Idaho Department, uh, the Idaho Division of Public Health. We'll come back and uh, say our goodbyes and wrap it up. We'll be right back on the Palouse Prepcast on idahosports.com.
1: It's time to start planning for back to school. That's why I got my kids vaccinated for COVID 19. Kids 12 and older can get vaccinated. The vaccines have been researched and tested, they're safe and they work. And I hope everyone will choose to get vaccinated too.
0: All right. Stay safe, everybody. However, you define safe. Stay safe. For Garrison Hardy, I'm Brandon Bainey. We'll see you next time on the police prep cast from Idahosports.com.